Hello and listen to the Miguel. Hello and <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a lot. It's been a long time. Hello and welcome to the Me Getting Fries Movie Podcast. I'm Ian. And I'm Gavin. And the only re- the only way we could get another podcast out is if we were trapped at home by a global pandemic. There you go. It's been a while <laughs> since we did one of these, but uh, um, with things that are going on in the world right now, we're all stuck at home. This is the first time I'm actually seeing you, right? Since I got back from Singapore? I haven't... I think so. I've, I've, all I've seen is like still photos of cheersing people on WhatsApp. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because this, cause this thing kicked in pretty quick. I mean, uh, I, think, I think I was home for maybe a week, less than a week, before this lockdown happened. You were lucky, because if it was a little earlier, you would have been stuck in Singapore, and that, that'd be pricey. That, uh, yeah, that would, <laughs> that would have been, that would have been interesting. Yeah. That would have been very interesting, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. But, so, yeah, uh, today, it's good to be back. It, it, yeah, well, we're going to talk about aliens, because that's what the public demanded. We'll probably do Grumman's and Poltergeist next anyway, if we have time, and we probably will. I was secretly hoping that people were going to choose Poltergeist, because I haven't seen Poltergeist in years. And I was, Me either, I was kind of the same thing. I was kind of looking for an excuse, like, I really wouldn't mind watching Poltergeist again. <laughs> no, I had no idea they were all on Netflix. It was just I was for something else I was going through it to see what was hidden in the list, and mm-hmm. uh, they were all on there, which is dead handy. But yeah, you, you did get back from Singapore just before this started, so how has it been treating you? Um, what, the lockdown? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's okay. <laughs> it, mm. it, it, it's necessary, you know? Yeah. It's necessary, it needs to be done, I understand why it's being done. Some days are easier than others, obviously. Um, yeah. Being, uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, I, I guess the grass is always greener. You know, if, if you live alone... That probably makes you go a little nuts in some way or another. But if you live with three other people, then that's just a different kind of nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two is the magic number. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't I'm think... finding it. It's actually I keep I can't remember the line now, but it's the the trailer for High Rise, the Ben Wheatley adaptation of the J.G. Ballard book, the Tom Hiddleston like, film. Yeah, yeah, it's like Lang was finding himself at home with life in the High Rise. It's like yeah, I'm pretty. This has made a minor difference. If anything, I just a little bit more organized with my shopping. I do it once a week now instead of all the time, and we plan out our cooking. And uh, I see more of my girlfriend because she's not you know working odd hours, and it's actually quite nice. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. So, certain aspects of it are nice. Um, yeah. You know, I guess, I think everyone's eating very well because <laughs> uh, yeah. it's uh, re- really pricey to just keep ordering food in. So you just uh, we we I mean we cook most most of the time, um, but then it but then it becomes this thing where everything's always about or- organizing the meal. So it just seems like all we're ever fucking talking about is like, well, what are we gonna do for lunch? What are we gonna do for dinner? Because we need to take this out of the freezer. We need to do that, and then, and then by the time by the time it gets to dinner, you know, you know what? I, I, you know, I'm really not that hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have a biscuit. <laughs> yeah. No, we've that that was annoying me at the beginning. So we just having that conversation every day. We just planned out the week. We've a, a tracker, so we just put in what's for dinner every day of the week that way we know what we're buying when we go for our one shop and it's also each of us cooks separate dishes so it's my turn tonight to do spaghetti bolognese which will last us for a few days but um nice you know like that that takes away that that takes that away that decision every day so just get up go to work um have lunches we deal our own lunches separately 
Yeah, you know what? That's actually a great idea, and I would uh, I would second that idea. But um, yeah, not so easy. Some people don't want to do it, is it? <laughs> let's 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 talk off the air. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. No no one in your family listens to this anyway, right? That's true. That's true. Yes. Yes, there are. You know, not everyone here likes leftovers. <laughs> let's just leave it at that <laughs> yeah i made i made too damn good well i made partially too damn part of a good meal on thursday because there were no leftovers so i had a cheese sandwich for lunch on friday hey, i've been living off leftovers hey you know what don't knock a good cheese sandwich <laughs> i know but when it was the i already it was it was at that point i realized i'd done fucked up because there was nothing else to eat <laughs> uh. All right, so aliens, aliens. Um, wow, you know, I think it's going to be a really boring uh, podcast because I don't really have anything negative to say about this movie. <laughs> yeah, I think on the, I think yeah. Thanks for listening. It's a it's it's a perfect movie. It's I think per- it is. It's a perfect movie. Thank you for listening. You you guys yeah. have been wonderful. <laughs> it, it's not it's not just. I mean, I would say as far as sci-fi goes, I mean, it ticks so many boxes. It's a, mm. it's, it's a, it's a really well-made uh, science fiction film. It's a great war movie. It's a great mm-hmm. horror movie. It's a, it's a great action movie. You it's know, an unbelievable sequel when you think about it, where the original it's a, was. It's a perfect sequel. Yeah. I, uh, and James Cameron just, you know, I mean, I'm not crazy about Titanic and, and Avatar. I mean, I think Avatar is an amazing, I mean, all of his movies are amazing tech, technical mm. achievements. Uh, but I think that, you know, when he was... I, I think when he had less to work with, yeah, he was um, he, the films were a lot tighter. Um, Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah, so you know, like you know, like so, like Terminator, Terminator Two, Aliens, The Abyss. Although you know, the you, you know, watch your what you say next about The Abyss. <laughs> the third, the third act is divisive. Let's just put it that yeah. way. Um, I, I know that True Lies is quite divisive. Personally, I love that movie. Uh, no, it's great. But like, like Chiron hates it. <laughs> Chiron <laughs> really? hates that movie. Uh, he thinks Weird. it's incredibly sexist. Um, uh, well, there, I, that, that, I, that, bit, I, that bit in particular has not aged well. Look, I understand the argument, but it's a movie. Come on, fucking take yeah. a chill pill for God's sake. Do it, do it, Simo. Yeah, do it, do it slowly. Do it slowly. <laughs> okay, but yeah, aliens. I mean. If you, yeah, I mean, like uh, what you're saying, you know, if you take a look at the first film and what the first film was and where that left off, to take it in this direction, I mean, it's it has all of the things that um, that people say a sequel should have. You know, it's like it's bigger. It's you know, it's it's uh, it's, it's there's there's more. There's more of everything. There's yeah. more aliens. There's more action. There's more explosions. It's bigger budget. Bigger everything. Most of the time, that usually means less depth, less story, less character. Yeah. Whereas this one is just, it just defies all of those expectations. And it's just, it's a, it's a really, really amazing film. It? <laughs> it's something that, that's been on my mind recently that about pacing and stuff. Because we've been rewatching some old movies and movies that are not even that old. We rewatching The Something About Mary. It took, I was surprised how long it took to get to, to get going. the zipper scene. And oh, to yeah. get going. Yeah. Even the zipper scene is quite a long way in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, watching even the big short. The big short felt draggy recently because Davina hadn't seen it. The big short. Fuck, which yeah. one's that? 
That's the one about the subprime mortgage lending crisis with Steve Oh, Carell oh yes, and, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, only, only, only a couple of years ago. No, no, um, no. I know, I know. I, I, for some bizarre reason, I was uh, thinking I was getting it mixed up with um, the big sleep and the big chill uh, and all of that. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like, what big... year did that movie come out? Yeah. Um, but, and, yeah. but I rewatched the uh, Happy Gilmore and Con Air, and they're not as old as this movie, but they're still tight. Con Air, especially, is as tight as a drum. It just moves. Davina was sitting on the edge of her seat, mm-hmm. and just rewatching Aliens as well. Just like, first of all, I haven't watched it on a, like a computer screen or on Netflix in a long time. So just the quality of it, mm-hmm. like I could see the Wayland Yutani logos on the medical equipment in Gateway Station, mm-hmm. which was like a trip. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing where the pacing's amazing. Yeah, and it's aged incredibly well. Yeah. It really does feel, you know, like, okay, maybe, you know, minus a couple of shots here and there. It, you could, this movie could come out today. Yeah. This movie could come out today, and it still looks great. Um, yeah. some, some fucking amazing matte paintings. <laughs> in, yeah. in, in, even, in this... even the opening with the Narcissus just floating against yeah. the, uh, the Starfield. Yeah. Like, great. It's great. Uh, I was looking through, I think it's, you know, the way they have, was it, is it Fanpedia or whatever like that? They have all their different, like, their different versions. So it's the Xenopedia for aliens. Yeah. And, but they do, they are actually got a, it's a quite a good resource for stuff. And just looking through the design stuff on the dropship, on um, the dropship, the power loader, and the APC. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and the noise of the guns as well. Like, just talking about Cameron as a, as a filmmaker. Like, on all of those articles, it's like Sid Mead or somebody else had provided, you know, a design or whatever like that. And Cameron didn't like it, so he just did his own. Yeah. What re- actually, like, re- re-watching it, I was uh, thinking, you know, looking at those uh, pulse rifles, I was like, yeah, fucking Ian must be really regretting not picking up that, <laughs> <laughs> not, not picking up that pulse rifle. <laughs> no, but, but you couldn't, right? Like, it wasn't for sale at the con. Yeah, we didn't see it at San Diego Comic Con. No, time no, we, we saw it, but I, I don't think it was for sale. I think it was a pre-order. That like they were showing you what was coming out like the following year or something. I think you saw it. I didn't see it. I think it was one of the days when we were separately wandering. I didn't see it. I don't. Actually, think. you know what? You know what? You're right. You're right. It was when I. It was the first time I went. I saw it there in 2009, and when when gotcha. we went back, it was. Uh, yeah, it wasn't there anymore. But my listing after things from Aliens goes back even further than that because in secondary school there was an arts and hobby shop around the corner that had one of those like model kits mm-hmm. of the dropship mm-hmm. and I was, it was expensive and having just knowing how like having done like a model Ferrari that my cousin gave me I think it was or he didn't want so I made it and like assembling the engine block when it's like the size of a stamp was enough to put me off model making forever it was just a gluey mess it looked mm-hmm. more like a face hugger than the engine to a Ferrari at the by the time I was finished <laughs> with it just pipes and goo everywhere I can never I do would that. look at I would, yeah, I would look at this dropship and even the artwork on the box was amazing. And I was like, man, yeah, I should get this. I should save up and get this. And then I never did. That, that shop is long gone now. But it was just like the design of that dropship and everything. They just, it's part of that look you're talking about how it hasn't aged. Nothing looks like it. Nothing sounds like it. Well, I mean, I think what's great about it is that in terms of the production design and in terms of the, the um, just the, the costume design is that it's it's same same but different. You know what I mean? It's like it's mm. it's things that you recognize. Like even like even the like the suits, the corporate suits. Yeah. It's exactly the colors the, are up. The, it's, it's, it, yeah, the colors are up, but that's it. And but that kind of makes sense. You know, it's something like yeah, you know, they might they might do that. That, that may be how suits evolve. <laughs> you yeah. know, 
and the same thing like with the military stuff. It's all stuff that you recognize, but it's just a little bit stylized. It's a little bit action action figureish, you yeah. know, to to just kind of like uh, give it that sci-fi feel. And even uh, from 1986 to now, I mean, like they don't just wear the body armor. They don't just wear plates of Kevlar. They put them in a jacket in the real world, but they're still wearing armor like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which is insanely forward thinking. Although the the what do you call them? The Steadicam guns make no sense. <laughs> yeah, the I never understood the, how they worked. The Steadicam, the Steadicam guns make no sense, but they look cool though. They look very cool. They look very cool. Um, you know, watching it again, you kind of forget just how how awesome just the the character the character interactions are with the among, with the uh, with the Marines. Yeah, Apone. A- Apone's I mean, a great character. But that's the thing. All of them are great. I mean, even the fact that I think if you can see like Wierzbowski and Crow and someone else, like there's actually there's, there's a lot of hiccups in the production. Like some of the footage doesn't match. Like there's two different guys tasked as one person, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, tagged as one person. So there's, there's hiccups like that, but you don't even notice that. But the ones that stick out, they really stick out. Like everyone seems to have a defined arc. The fact that they have different stuff on their armor, like uh, Frost has like Heath with a heart through it. Yeah. The heart logo. They all have little designs on their stuff. A lot of them have hearts on their armor. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them have... heartbreakers. A lot of them have hearts on their armor, like with like an arrow through it. I remember yeah. um, hearing an interview with Michael Bean, because Michael Bean wasn't originally supposed to play Hicks. Yeah. Um, James, James Remar, or Remar. Yeah, yeah. Was cast as Hicks, and then things didn't work out. So all of the actors had kind of done their... Um, they had kind of like done their little designs their you know their sort of like individual little scribblings on their armor and when michael bean turned up he's like oh i would never do this <laughs> but okay <laughs> this, is, this is the other guy's shit uh but he was like saying it just seems stupid because he had drawn a heart or over his heart and that kind of like well, well no you know you're basically telling people where to aim <laughs> <laughs> doesn't his also have a locket like welded onto it or something it's i did like know- a lock over the heart I think so. You might have done. I didn't notice that. Yeah. But yeah, just like amazing sort of little bits and pieces that they, little bits and, uh, you know, just amazing bits of interaction between them, you know, just like simple, small little things because a lot of these actors don't really have much time to develop much of a character before they, you know, before, get iced. before they get iced. But just like small little things that just give you the impression that this group has been together for a very, very long time. Like the, uh, the sort of the comfort level with the, with the ensemble of the Marines. Yeah, it's is all there, about that Arturian Puntang. Is, yeah, it's very clear. <laughs> There's some juicy colonist daughters we have to rescue from their virginity. <laughs> yeah, all the lines, they're just like, it's efficiency of script kind of thing, right? It's just yeah. like, these are what we need, but every line tells you something about all the characters. Even the fantastic line between fact, the, 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 the relationship between Bill Paxton's um, Hudson and Vasquez. Yeah. The whole started off with like, you ever been to a state for a man? It's like, no, have you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, like even Frost, like just some of those weird things, you know, it's like, you know, when, when they find out that they're just above the, the, um, the reactor, just, just below the, the cooling, the, yeah, the reactor, the cooling plant. And they got to like uh, hand in all their magazines. Like Frost is like, what the hell are we supposed to use, man? Harsh language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and like great bit with like, uh, with Hicks with a shotgun. It's like, I like to keep this handy for close for encounters. Close encounters. <laughs> It's like it's had his balls in here. It's like and Hicks is uh, Hudson is um, yeah, but it's a dry heat. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, and I just love that bit. Like uh, like after they all like wake up, just like a, a little simple thing where Apone is like, all right, all right, you heard me. Like let's go down. Hudson, come here, come here. <laughs> yeah. 
man, this floor is freezing. Want me to fletcher your slippers? <laughs> just great. It's just great stuff. Great stuff. And I, and I love like how Hicks is basically just sidelined a lot of the time. I like how Cameron really just doesn't, doesn't focus on him at all. So no. it's kind of a surprise when he slowly ends up becoming the, the leading man. Yeah, okay. he's just a grunt though. No offense. None taken. <laughs> <laughs> but like any good Cameron movie, it's like the leading man, to mostly, well, a lot of them, the leading man eventually takes a backseat to the leading woman because, mm-hmm. you know, I, it, the, the, the backgrounding is nice. The fact that like somebody wake up Hicks, like he sleeps through the drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is a nice touch. Um, but yeah, he's just like, he's, the, I think the special edition has some additional scenes with him and Ripley kind of going a bit further, but it's just all left nicely that it's like, I can see you're a person who's like knows what they're doing. Let's work together to sort this shit out. Yeah. And let me introduce you to a good friend of mine, the M41A pulse rifle with yeah. above and over slung grenade launchers. <laughs> I mean, has has there ever been a more romantic thing said to a woman ever? I mean, it's it it's not quite as romantic as when he gives her his the, the locator. Oh yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean we're engaged or anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, this this movie completely belongs to Sigourney Weaver mm. and um, yeah. it's I think it's it's um, it's important to note that I, I don't think there's ever been um, an actress who has been nominated for a best actress Oscar for an action role mm. and Sigourney Weaver was, was nominated for an Academy Award for this film I, did, I forgot that I know and that. Um, you know that's it's it's really sort of a testament to just the writing that it's such a rich character and i think that also i mean she really she's such a tragic character i mean at the end of this film you really do feel fuck if anyone deserves a happy ending it's this it's this woman yeah. uh and then just to know what they did in the next one it's like mm, i mean thinking about alien 3 as an individual film as a film on its own yeah i'm okay with it Thinking of it as a sequel to Aliens, I'm like, fuck this movie. <laughs> yeah, because there's, there's so many hints. Like even when she's giving the the speech at the the kind of investigation, she's like, if one of those things gets down here, all this shit you think of is done. And it's just like, that's something they followed up. I think of the comics with Aliens, Earth War, and other stuff. But there were so many different options they could have gone in, and it's just like, ah, uh, you know, production wise, we have difficulties having nude in it, and we don't want to recast and. We don't want to have uh, Michael Bean, so let's just fucking kill them. And it's like, uh, really? Fuck. It's like you take, don't make the movie. It's like you take all of that audience investment and just shit all over it. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I mean, um, so, I mean, yeah, with, with, the, with the character of Ripley and you, re- I mean, like in, in the first Alien, when she kind of has her showdown with the Xenomorph, you never really, there's never an action hero moment. You know, I mean, she's terrified throughout the entire thing and everything is done like she's pushing herself forward to yeah. to get shit done. Whereas I mean, it, up, in, up until the last seventh quarter of that movie, she's she's like Hicks. She's just another member of the crew who was a little bit miffed that they brought Kane back on board. Yeah. But then it's her, Yafit Kodo, and the Harry, crying lady left at the end. <laughs> Veronica Cartwright, Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. Uh, but, Harry Dean Stanton's gone by that point, right? No, Harry like, Dean... He, oh, he, he goes looking for the cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I, th- I think that uh, I mean Tom Skerritt go he goes before Harry Dean Stanton, uh, oh, yeah. and he's and he's supposed to be the lead. But like in the first Alien, she wasn't an action hero. 
There was no sort of like um, evolution of the character where she turns into this badass. Um, whereas in this one, that you can there's a really really beautiful constructed sort of arc where you see her get stronger and stronger uh and she, and she and and what's great about it is that it, she's reluctant throughout the whole thing i mean she doesn't want to be there she doesn't want to do this shit um yeah. you know and and her sort of the way that she her evolution to becoming sort of like this this action hero at the end is just so beautifully done and so well earned yeah you know, just really, really well earned. You can, you, you totally buy, you totally buy the corner she's just turned, as opposed mm. to a lot of films where it's like, you know, just suddenly, suddenly in the third act, she's a badass or he's a badass. Yeah, you know, and what it's mean? again in sense of the construction of the script. Like you see the parallels with everything else, but you get a nice, like it's almost lovingly. The camera kind of caresses her as she's as she's booting up that power loader yeah. and seeing how she uses it. Yeah, it's like I don't know. Is there anything? Is there anything I can do? I don't know. Is there anything you can do? And it's there, and it's beautiful foreshadowing, and just opening those doors and stepping through with the light behind her, and that fucking again the noises. I think I was looking to see if it was like Ben Burt or somebody was involved. I think again, I saw the only thing I found was Cameron spent two days perfecting the noise of the pulse rifles, mm-hmm. but just the noise of the suit as she steps forward and just mm-hmm. get away from her, you bitch. It's just it's amazing. It's like it's so iconic. Like when yeah, the, when when you see her in the power loader, it's just a, it's an iconic image, uh, an iconic line. It's just in the zeitgeist. Um, yeah. But I think and and also you know just aside from like just going back to her evolution, uh, it's it's all tied into her sort of like maternal instincts with um, with Newt. And I, I and I think um, like just to talk a little bit about the extended edition. Hmm. Uh, that's probably the one thing about the extended edition that I felt really, really added something to it is that you find out that while she was in cryosleep that, that her daughter died. Yeah. Because she was in cryosleep for 57 years. Yeah. Um, and, then, and that went a long way into sort of um, laying the foundation for why she, has, why she feels such a strong uh, connection to Newt. It's not, mm. it's, she's not just being protective because this is a little girl. I mean, like, she's... You know, she's a mom who who lost her kid, and it's like she's getting a second chance. You know, to, and it uh, is um, yeah, and it is almost like um, you know, if like and that's what drives she, her. That's what drives yeah. her all the way to the end, all the way to her like uh, becoming a fucking badass and uh, confront and going out and going after her and, and fucking confronting the queen. But it's like if it's you know someone teaching thematic lessons to take from an original the original movie into a, a, sec, a sequel. Like the original is all about the fear of penetration, and you know that kind of thing on the male side of things. So it's a, it's almost beautifully mirrored how this one's about the, the mothering instinct that, you know, that's been robbed, stolen from her mm-hmm. and then given her this chance again with this bratty kid who, hey, you got to give it up for uh, Carrie Hen. is she, Carrie Hen. It, one of the best child performances, one of the, one of the least annoying child performances ever. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, all the lines should be like all the, when she's like, you know, it doesn't matter, they're all dead. You know, when she's talking about her parents or it's not going to make any difference about, you know, if you're with the soldiers or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it won't make any difference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And of course, the, uh, the, the, the very iconic line, they mostly come out at night. Mostly. <laughs> but it's just like, it and moments of just like really, really well-placed humor, you know, mm-hmm. just... I mean, a, a lot of it comes from Hudson, 
A lot of the yeah. a lot of the humor comes from comes from Hudson, but there's some really really nice bits with with Newt as well. Mm. It's like what's the what's the name of the the tank the car tank? The APC. Yeah, like when that when which that... which it did always something about that always bugged me, and I did realize it years later when you know getting to that age we start looking into the the behind the scenes stuff. Like it's it's so much bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Yeah. Like you see everyone and they're standing like a, a head over the out the top of the truck. Yeah. But when they're inside, inside they've all like, got clearance. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but when that shit crashes and then like Ripley's like, you know, you know, like, are you okay? And then he's, he's, he's down. You'll 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 you're just grinding metal. Just grinding metal. He's down. <laughs> but a, but after that's over and she goes and goes up to Newt's like, you okay? And Newt just does this like very sort of thumbs very, up, very nonchalant. And she's got a she's got a weird like thing with her mouth as well. She's kind yeah. of pouting slightly. Yeah. Like, yep. Yep. <laughs> all good. <laughs> even uh, yeah when they're trying to lock off with the operations from the rest of the colony there's like you know I think is it Hicks picks up Newt and just sets her on the table so yeah. she can see yeah. because yeah. he's that kind of a dude yeah like it's it's there's just so many things again watching this and my knowledge of this came from like it was on I think Sky Movies or something back in the day so like we were stealing that in our village our entire village was stealing Sky Movies for a while and um, I think we taped it. It was a free weekend or something like that. We taped it and gave it to my cousin. And I was babysitting my blind grandfather one weekend. And I just found the tape and watched it. And I shouldn't have done that because I was way too young. <laughs> I was eight when I saw it. And I saw it on uh, opening opening week in, on, in, in the cinema with my parents. And it scared the what? shit out of me. <laughs> it scared the shit to, out of me. You went to the cinema? <laughs> no, because like, back, hey, back, back then in Malaysia, they didn't, they didn't check IDs. Like... I went to see Highlander when I was a kid in the cinema. I went to see, nice. uh, I went to see uh, Aliens, and they didn't censor shit back then either. This was, you know, like in, in the in the early mid '80s in Malaysia, they didn't really censor stuff, or or oh, if, or if they did, they they were a lot more lenient. Oh. Um, but um, yeah, I saw Aliens in the cinema, and it it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had nightmares for days that there were aliens it's, under the stairs and they were coming for me. It scared the shit out of me because it was it was really like it's so it's so relentless and it's so yeah. visceral. And the fact that I've seen it so many fucking times and every time I every time I watch it again, I still tense up. You know, even <laughs> though I know what's going to happen, there's a like it's not it's not as bad as it used to be, but I still get tense when I watch it. It is insane. There's nothing we talk about like sequels. This is the sequel by which other sequels are judged by. But also like this is the monster. It's very hard to come up with a monster after this. Yeah. Like it's everything is just looked at in the, the shade of the alien. And just that eyeless face and the tail just whipping yeah. around. And the, when they come down from the walls and it's just no, it's I, tiny I, little map. No, I mean all of the... I would say like the first three. Like the first three alien movies... They, they, you know, like a, they kind of like a, jumped the ship on the fourth one in the sense that they started to give the aliens like it's like there was motivations behind certain shit and everything, um, and mm. then and then with what Ridley Scott was doing with the Prometheus movies just completely fucked everything up. What <laughs> what what makes this what makes the Xenomorph so terrifying is that there is there's no motivation, there's no fucking reason, there's no reason for anything. It's just yeah. it's just gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> it just it, it's, and then it's gonna bring you just, back so it can kill you again. Exactly. It's just gonna kill you. It just wants to lay its eggs. That's all it wants. There's no. That's it. Yes. You can, there's you know it's the it's the kind of thing that 
James, it's the kind of uh, fucking ba- uh, villain that James Cameron excels at. It can't be reasoned with, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't know pity, <laughs> and it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. <laughs> yeah. And even if you do kill it, it's gonna fuck you up with its acidic blood. Exactly. So uh, that's uh, that's what made it so terrifying is that it didn't matter. Yeah. Nothing mattered, you know. Uh, <laughs> and then and then suddenly it's like. Suddenly, with Prometheus and like, oh no, actually they're gods. Oh fuck off! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he would have been better off doing that in another universe, but he wouldn't have got the money for it, probably. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we should say well, we haven't talked at all. I mean, we've mentioned Bill Paxton, but all, I think Lance Henriksen's Bishop as well. Like just rewatching it again today, and every time I watch these, like this is a movie where every time you watch it, you can see something new. Seeing the intercutting between the first colonists they find, who's like, your chest bursts, has a chest burst or happened to her. And yeah. she keeps cutting back to, to Ripley during yeah. that scene, yeah. which yeah. is just to kind of, again, building yeah. up that horror. Yeah. Um, the look on Lance Henriksen's face when he turns around from playing with the facehugger, when one of the other guys is like, hey, Bishop, you need yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, we're losing him. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's pulling an Ian home. He's pulling an Ian home here. Yeah. <laughs> Hide the magazines. Yeah. Do you need anything else? No. <laughs> no. Uh, it's like I'll go. Yeah, yeah. Bishop should go. <laughs> Good idea. Paxton, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is. It's iconic that role. Everything about it, the game over. We haven't even mentioned game over, man. But just like, and he's holding this weird piece of metal. Yeah, like, that's it. We're done. Yeah. Oh, that's just great. That's just <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> no, but hey, don't forget Paul Reiser. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Paul Reiser should, you know, I mean, after watching him in this, I'm like, I wish you had done more stuff like this. Yeah, because I think when I was of age to actually watch this and understand it and not be terrified, he was my two dads. Right? He was one of my two dads. Yeah. He's the man about you guy. He's the nicest guy in the world. (laughs) Yeah. And then seeing him in this and he's like, he's screwing everyone over just for the almighty book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he he tried to get those fucking people. He he's the re, he he's the reason all those colonists died. Yeah, he told he was it in the is it in this version or is it, he sent the letter? He, yeah, he, no, he, he sent he sent the letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what if that ship didn't exist, huh? Do you ever think about that? I mean, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> what if you're a crazy lady? You know, there's no exclusive rights, and I you know I I sent them over there, and it was a bad call, Ripley. It was a bad call. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I never trusted any fuckers in plaid after that. <laughs> <laughs> plaid and body warmers. <laughs> he was a hipster before there were hipsters. That's right. <laughs> the evilest hipster. Uh. <sighs> no, but it's just like, you know, like, just little bits of character development, you know, like even sort of like the uh, the resentment that some of the Marines have towards Gorman and even how... Oh. And- I have it in my I have it in my notes just when Gorman tells them all to stow their ammo but doesn't tell them why. I just have like Gorman school to bad team management. <laughs> and then like but then like after after they secure the area and Gorman's like, we're coming in. And Hudson's like, he's coming in. Yeah. <laughs> I feel safer already. <laughs> <laughs> when they're given the, the, the speech at the beginning about when Hudson's like, how do I get out of this chicken chicken outfit? Yeah. Gorman's like, All right, everybody, listen up. And you can tell yeah. he has, it's just, it's just like, he's, he thinks he's being a badass. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That, I don't know that actor's name. He doesn't get enough credit for 
I think even his headphone microphone is shaking when he's in the APC t- talking to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he does a perfect job at being when, shit at his job. No, when, when, when he's freaking out, when he realizes he's out of his depth, it's a great performance. Oh, absolutely. It's a great performance. And I really like how he redeems himself. I mean, it's a nice sort of, it's a nice sort of full circle for that, for that character. And it's done with really, with such economy. It's, it's, re- it's done really, really well. I, I mean, he gets with he, himself and Vasquez, you know, hunger down on the grenade. But before that, does he do much? Um, I mean, like after he, you know, like after he's like when he's knocked unconscious and he's, and he, he's got his con- concussion and he comes out of it. From that point on, he's fairly, uh, he's fairly useful. I mean, when shit goes down, he's, you know, he's, he, he doesn't shy away from stuff. That box um, of ammo knocked the dipshit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and it's nice, it's nice. I mean, like, I think, you know, the character is not necessarily that important that you need to spend that much time with him, but enough time no. is spent with him to know that, that, that he comes full circle in the end. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's again into the, the craft they put into it. I don't know how long it took to write the script or any of that kind of stuff, but like putting an arc in there for that character, you know, putting, you know, Vasquez warming up to him a little bit, you know, those little moments, those are what carry the story more than aliens through the walls or mach- cool machine guns. If I'm not mistaken... Because I, I think that uh, at the time when uh, Cameron was uh, writing this, I think he also got the gig to write First Blood 2. Wow. And I think that he, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, my memory's a bit vague about this interview, but I remember like he went and he was talking to uh, David Geiler or Walter Hill, one of the guys from Brandywine, and he's like saying, uh, what should I do? And they were like, you should do both, you know, like mm. uh, write both. And so I think that, he had he had planned it out in his in his he had planned it out that um, okay so a two hour movie two hundred uh, twenty pages I need to write this many pages a day and um, I think he wrote it in like a month or two months or something like that. Holy shit! He was he was working on he was working on both projects at the same time. He was working on uh, he was working on eight he was working on the script for Aliens and he was also writing the script the script for uh, First Blood uh, for uh, for Rambo. And I think I have a vague memory of another interview with uh, Gail Ann Hurd, who produced the film. And um, he was late delivering the script, but he sent uh, 20th Century Fox what he had done. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he had missed the deadline. So, you know, like, uh, he had missed the deadline to, to sort of like qualify to kind of like make the film or direct the film or something like that. Uh, yeah. But he sent what he had written. And... Um, and, uh, and this was in a Gail, Gail Ann Hurd interview, and she was saying that Fox did something that hardly ever happens with a the studio. They, they loved it so much, they were like, you know what? We'll wait. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll wait for you to get this done, because uh, you're clearly the guy for the job. Um, yeah. But they had, so <laughs> mu- they had so many fucking problems making this movie in, in England. Uh, yeah. at, uh, I, I don't know if it was Shepperton. It might have been Shepperton, but apparently, like, the crew... It was a, it was a, it was a power station. Right. But apparently the crew were just total assholes to to them because because he was such a he was such a young director and he was fucking like this young Canadian guy and Gail Ann Hurd was really really young at the time and uh, they were all and all and all of the crew were like felt like they were Ridley Scott loyalists or something like that. Oh, they, shit. They, Although you know Ridley Ridley had his own problems with like the crew on Blade Runner. Or yeah, things. well apparently like um but by the time th- by the time uh, this by the time Aliens was being made. Ridley Scott was Ridley Scott, 
And uh, apparently, like, the English didn't like the idea of this young direct writer-director-producer um, duo coming in and fucking around with Ridley Scott's legacy. And they were just total assholes um, and, made, and made, like, made set life very difficult for him. So apparently, like, Cameron... Like, there's some behind-the-scenes the, behind footage in, like, the special editions and stuff. Uh, like, because I remember when the, the Alien Quadrilogy box set came out, there was extensive documentaries for, mm. e for each film. Really, is it really. Unlimited, is it unlimited peace through unlimited firepower? Is it uh, yes. the main make, making of? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's on YouTube as well. Right, yeah. There was, a, there, was a week, there was a week I just watched all of them after they got uploaded to YouTube. They're amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. Um, they're like, it's, like, um, it's like the Dark Days documentary for Blade Runner. It's like four yeah. of those. One of those for each of the films. And they're all really cool. Like the one for Alien 3 is fucking amazing because it tells you all of the shit that went wrong. Yeah. It's great. I love those. All the, I, I love all the that stuff shit. with the wooden planet and everything like that. Yeah, and yeah. The, the, the Vincent the Ward and story. And I, I read the Vincent Ward story, um, the, the, the original. No, no, I didn't read that. I read the William, the William Gibson one. Yeah. Yeah. Which was okay. <laughs> yeah, the, when I was looking up stuff, the, the APC, the outside model, was one of those things they used to, pl to push back planes. Yeah. So the, the alien hive scenes were shot at Acton Lane Power Station. And the, uh, the truck was 72 tons because it has to pull planes. Mm -hmm. It would have gone through the floor in the power station. So they had to remove 44 tons of lead from it in order to get it to drive in the, where they were shooting the hive scenes. Right. So just... When you think about that, and I think about like, well, that's a week or something, right? That's just like, just to get this fucking thing working. You haven't even built the hive set and all that other shit that has to be done. It's insane these movies got made. It is, it is. <sighs> but yeah. But yeah, I mean, this was, it, it's the type of sequel where it, it's, the, it's the definition of a big sequel to the point where it's kind of made it hard for, you know, you can't just do the bigger, better sequel anymore. You know, it's hard, you, this is, this is the, the high watermark. Yeah. Um, the, the, the extended stuff and the extended universe they built around this. I remember as a secondary school, you know, this, was, this movie was getting into your head on VHS and uh, Dark Horse had the comics. They had like, an yeah. I think they, did they start with an adaptation of the film, I think? Did they? I, 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 I don't remember that. There was like a seven or eight series Dark Horse comics, just aliens, with no subtitle on like that. I think I, my cousin had a few of those. I read them on his floor as a, as a kid. But I remember getting, reading collection editions of things like uh, Earth War, and there was other ones where they had the engineers from the first movie before Ridley Scott did his thing coming back. Oh, yeah? I, I didn't really... Um, I mean, I read some of the comics, mm. but I didn't follow them. I didn't, I didn't... Like, I read individual stuff. Same. But I didn't really follow the uh, the the comic book series like uh, in terms of the in terms of the the, the proper sequencing of, of the uh, the story. I didn't read like every issue. I read like random stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it, some of it culminated with like Earth Hive. I think it was like an alien queen gets to Earth and like Hicks and mm. Hicks and a grown up, slightly grown up Newt got to fix shit up, and they run into Ripley, and she's kind of a crazy person at this point. It's very much she's a bit like Furiosa, I think, actually at one point, right. where she's like not the hero anymore. She's kind of I just got a message saying I'm being I'm being incredibly loud, so I hope I'm not peaking like uh, all all these things. <laughs> You're gonna put this shit through the levelator, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know how to do this stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it's funny actually. It's still the technology aspect of it. Seeing the TV screens, the like the grainy footage, like it still just works just as well. 
Like it wouldn't work as well if you were doing it today with all the high def shit. But like it looks really good, all the little, the little shoulder mounted cameras and seeing just people getting murdered left, right, and center mm -hmm. through these little camera screens. And it's also amazing that um, that it's a it's like I mean it's like a, it's it's almost two and a half hours. Yeah, two hours seventeen minutes, I think. And it's a good hour before shit hits the fan. Yeah. It's like, it's just such an amazing sort of build up, build up of tension. Because you know, you know things are going to go horribly. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> movie's called Aliens. You yeah. know there's going to be a couple of them in there. And you're just, you're just waiting, right? You're just waiting. Yeah. And the whole time, one thing, one thing that I was um, quite, quite um, taken by uh, this, this last time I watched it was just the economy of sound. Mm -hmm. Like, the score is used very sparingly. Um, and it's also just, I've been listening to it recently doing other work because there's there's a multiple types of uh, James Horner score running throughout of it. Mm -hmm. But even just the, the, the violins at the beginning, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The, 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 the Aliens theme. Mm -hmm. But those drums, the kind of metal drums, it's almost like the Terminator soundtrack when the, the APC is running away. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. like this cling, cling. It's... yeah. You got the, the the horns going like yeah that disappears for large parts of the film but when it's there it's really there and it's announcing shit has gone really south. Yeah, a lot of the time I mean even the sound design the sound design is really really subtle. Um, you know it's just uh, in terms of like the foley just like footsteps and just like you know just the, um, the you know the track the, the you know the, the you know the tracker motion the, scanner motion the, tracker the, the, mo the motion tracker just like little little things like that. And you know, just like s s small little like drips, you know, like uh, of 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 the water, you know, the water hitting surfaces, and just just think, the, there's there's like long, huge periods of the film where it's just that, and it's yeah. and it's terrifying, because <laughs> because you're just waiting for something to happen. Yeah. When things get that quiet, you know it's only a matter of time before something just jumps out and fucks you up. <laughs> and it's it's so effective. It's so effective. I mean, and it's. It's uh, it's it's like a lost art now, you know. Like um, so few filmmakers have the seem to have the confidence to do that. So many. There's also even the fact that every time I hear the aliens' door sound in another movie, a part of me dies. The aliens' door sound. You know, whenever they're closing the shutters and everything like that, there's like a. Oh, oh yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. Very yeah. particular pneumatic sound, and it's yeah. like it's like everything in this movie. Again, seeing Cameron spend two days trying to find the right sound for the pulse rifles. Nothing sounds like those guns. They mimic the screams of the aliens. So it's just like, it sounds amazing. The motion tracker as well. Yeah. When you hear those doors or alarm, I think it's a, I think it's a video game, Deus Ex. I hear the alarm sound from that, whether people insert it as a reference or it's just they went to soundlibrary.com and downloaded alert noise for their movie. It, it makes your movie look cheap. Yeah. It's like, I mean, not everyone I understand has the time to play with, you know, uh, a Korg synthesizer to make their perfect door sound. But if you're doing a science fiction movie, it shows the amount of care that they put into literally everything. everything. Even, even Ripley's Reebok fucking trainers. Oh, amazing. Space Reeboks. Quite, quite possibly the best, the best shoes, the best thing Reebok has ever done. Yeah. <laughs> ever. Reebok, bok, 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 bok. Uh, <laughs> um... Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, it's a great fucking movie. It's a great fucking movie. Great fucking movie. Uh, to get onto the, the, the special edition a little bit more, I mean, 
I like. I, I don't. There's more scenes of like them finding the eggs and stuff like that. I think that felt. Looking back at it, those I didn't realize those were at the beginning. They're in the middle. I think actually, when Newt's family finds the the ship. The yeah. Relict. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I had to look I, that up. I I did. You know I. I didn't necess- I didn't think it was necessary. I didn't, yeah, I didn't it's, think be- it was necessary. it's better mystery when you arrive and you don't know what they're going to find. Exactly, exactly. You know, if you have that thing in there, you already know they're fucked. The aliens found them. Even though, even though, like uh, in the original version, you already know because if they didn't find them, there'd be no movie. But it's yeah. just, a, it's just a, <laughs> just not knowing and not seeing it and just letting your imagination just, uh, you know, have a little bit of Run. fun is yeah. is always more effective. Because you know there could be there could be a few alive. There could be some. Could be. There could, could be. be. There could yeah. be. And I liked the fact. And I liked in the original in the theatrical release. I like meeting Newt where we where we meet Newt. Um, yeah. I like the fact. I, I don't think it's necessary to, you know, like when when Ripley asks her, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, what ha- what happened to them, and she's like, they're dead, all right. Just never seeing them somehow yeah. just somehow just makes it more powerful. Yeah. Um. That you, that here's this girl with with no with uh, you know you, you have no idea what happened to her before this you have no idea what her life was like before all of this happened and now and now and now this is her existence there's something about that that your your it, that your imagination just goes into 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 you know your your imagination just how did she survive how did she survive yeah you just start thinking all of these things up in your head and what you and what you're thinking in your head is almost always more effective and scarier than if you, if you were to be shown what, hap- what actually happened. Yeah. And there's also a thing of like, it's the same as uh, Empire Strikes Back when they go to, when Luke goes to Dagobah and uh, everyone else goes to Cloud City. There's like, time is very elastic. Yeah. Like, you have no idea how long shit takes in the Aliens universe. Yeah. I think in the extended edition, looking it up, there's something about like, it doesn't matter if we ask the company what, the, what to do. It'll take two weeks for them to tell us. Yeah. And there is this idea of like, it, is it, it, t- it could take months for them to get there. It's never actually explained. Yeah. And, and so you have no idea how long she's been surviving on her own. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, I, do, I, I didn't the, think the, the auto cannons are the auto cannons are kind of cool in the special edition. That is true. That is true. Yeah. No, I, I mean I like the special edition in the sense that you're probably on, I would I would hope that your <laughs> that your first time watching the film is not watching the special edition. I would ima- yeah. I would imagine that you like the film enough that you would want to see more of it and what got cut out and what difference that makes so watching the film like that i like the special edition because you can kind of see it it gives you more insights to different things that were going on within the story and with the script and with and with the uh the film do Mm. i think it's a stronger film absolutely not i think the theatrical Mm. version is far superior like i was saying earlier the only thing that i would even consider keeping in there is the information about what happened to ripley's daughter um aside from that I think that they're. I think that it's 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 a cool thing to watch as a fan, you know. Yeah. It's the same thing yeah. with the um, the special edition for Terminator Two, you know, yeah, with the with 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 the, with the uh, additional with the additional scenes like you know you have the dream sequence where Kyle Reese comes back and all of that. Like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, like as a fan, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and as a fan of T two, watching the special edition and seeing like, oh, so yeah, they did do that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, glad they took it out. Yeah. <laughs> glad they took it out. But as a fan, it's cool to see. It's cool to see that they thought about it. Yeah. And it's cool to see that they that they did that shit, but then, you know, are you know, they but they decided in 
in the middle of the process that no, nah, it's it's slowing things down. This is suffering. That's suffering. It, you know, the narrative is the narrative is um, pacing, and the and the narrative is suffering because of it. And they, so they took it out. So. So yeah, I mean, as a fan, I really like the special edition, but uh, no, I mean, I think the theatrical version is um, a much more superior film. Hmm. Well, I guess at this point, all, we, all that's left to do really is to get our knives out and do the hand trick, really, right? It wasn't funny, man. <laughs> you should say actually as well, the stuff about her daughter, I, did, I, to, I think I told you before about the Alien Isolation video game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it is her daughter is the main character and it's, she has a run-in with an alien on a space station and it is a little bit more themed after the first movie. Like the designs are more like that kind of style. Oh yeah. But they're incredibly accurate. Like there's a ship that looks just like the uh, what was the one from the first one? It's the Salako in the second, the Nostromo, right? Nostromo, yeah. So it's laid out the same. All the fittings are the same. You've got yeah, those, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I heard, um, I heard about this. But you're relentlessly paced by one alien that will pop up at the latest. At, whenever you, you you have to hide and shit and stuff to get away from it. It's ter- I've never gotten more than a quarter into it because it's too fucking scary. Yeah, do you remember Luca? Luca the um the composer, the guy? It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember like uh, when I was when we were still in Imagine X, he was playing that game. And he turned up to, he turned up to work one day just looking like shit. <laughs> and I was like, "What's wrong with you?" He's like, "I've been playing Alien Isolation all night. I can't sleep." <laughs> No, it is. I got stuck at a point where I got to go around it in a certain direction and I can't get past the fucker no matter what I do. And like, you can run away from it and then you just notice the tail coming through your chest. I can never play that. I can never play that game. I'll have a fucking heart attack. Yeah. I'll have a heart attack. <laughs> uh, but um, also, also another thing, you know, just uh, what I really like is that, and this was something that really, um, that I noticed, that I especially noticed this last time that I watched it, is that for the most part, none of the characters are stupid. Hmm. All of the character, like uh, all of the things that you would uh, necessarily do in, like, like, like if 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 they didn't have incredibly bad luck, or if the aliens just weren't just weren't good at getting in the fucking way. They're in the walls, man. You know, I mean, then the you know the the, the movie would have been a lot shorter. But isn't there? It, w- it could have been, but there's also like if they were stupid, they would have died. But you know, they're the, the no. But what, Corps, but, what, you know? but what I mean is, is that um, what I mean is, is like you know, it's like uh, okay, once they get once they get their asses handed to them, and mm. and most of them die, from from that from that point on, it's the, all gravy. The de- <laughs> the, de- the, de- the decisions that are made are actually really really smart decisions. It's just that yeah. it's just that bad fucking shit happens that fucks up. Fucks, you know, like as soon as yeah, once, as, the, once as, the middle management gets involved and they start dealing with shit, as opposed to having the top line guys fuck shit up. But there is something, isn't there something? No, no in it's most, like in a lot no, of it's Jim like, Cameron no, movies. It's about like, it, like no, it's like it's like that. Mistakes were made. No, it's like it's like that thing where it's like you know after they're fucked, you know, like uh, after after they're fucked up and they're they're and there's this whole thing. It's like you know well, how, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? And then Ripley's like, I say we take off and nuke the site from orbit. And, only way to be sure. Only way to be sure. And then. The fucking and then fucking Hicks is like, yeah, let's do it, you know. Yeah. And um, they were gonna do it. Like that's a smart thing to do. Take off, fucking blow the shit up from orbit. But yeah. aliens on board the fucking, on board the fucking. Uh, uh, what's the name of that? I'm trying to think. The the dropship, yeah, the the Cheyenne. But like, and there's also I can those never, guys are like. I can never remember the names of ve- of vehicles. It's yeah, I'm like, a techie, uh, engineering nerd, so I fucking love it. Um, but the. I always is like it's one of those things. The only reason I remember the Galactica is because it's in the fucking title. (laughs) (laughs) 
You can, you, know the, you can ask me the name the, of any other ship in Battlestar Galactica. I'd be like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> you know the Jaffa Cakes conversation in space where they're like, you know, before that the Star Wars thing, it all comes down to the gunner not blowing up R2-D2 and C-3PO? Yeah. Like, there, I think I think it's in James Cameron movies. I think there is a threat of people getting themselves into trouble. Like, there is, in this case, it's the not realizing that, like, we should go in another option or we should check out the area differently and not have to hand in our guns and not be able to fire. Yeah. But the other two... Just parking around the corner and having a smoke, it's just like you fucked everyone. Yeah. Like, and it's just like those small, they don't, it's perfectly fine in a, in a war zone or some other, on other missions, but this is the one time and you screwed everyone, including yourself. And I think that is there in some other James Cameron movies, right? Is there, is there an element of it in Avatar? I'm trying to think. I mean, it's there in, in, in Titanic in regards to full steam ahead, we're all good. Yeah. I'm trying to think if it's in True Lies. There is a scene where one of them goes out for a cigarette. I think it's Tom Arnold. And, and it gives him away, right? It, yeah, it gives him away. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, that's before, that's before, is that before, uh, that's before he hides by the pole? <laughs> Did he get shot? It's just, yeah, it's just before he hides behind the pole. Yeah. And yeah. He touches his balls. Uh, <laughs> Tom Arnold was great in that, actually. Yeah. But right. it is... It is, it is um, I think it's the inverse of that Pixar rule. The one that always stuck in my head of like 22 rules mm. of Pixar storytelling is like you can get into scrapes uh, by accident, but getting out of them makes it feel not worthy. Or not, yeah. It doesn't make it feel satisfactory. And it's like, it's the same thing where it's like, these are actual decisions people do make. It yeah. doesn't feel, you know, of course they're going to go for a smoke. They're not on the clock. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, I mean, just coming back to it, it's like, it's just really decisive. Like even when you find out like what Burke did to them, you know, and then uh, when when they sort of like explain all of the fucking like uh, rationales and everything, Hicks is like, "All right, we waste him." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Yeah, because that that mirrors the the you know you're just a grunt. No offense, yeah. you can't make that kind of multi million dollar multi million dollar decision at the beginning of this movie. The spaceship from the first movie is only worth forty two million dollars. <laughs> They really had no idea how inflation was going to go. Forty-two million in adjustable dollars. <laughs> it was like, yeah. in adjusted dollars. Yeah. It's like what, what's like uh what's what's Hicks, Hick, uh, Hudson's line? It's like I say we grease this rat fuck son of a bitch right now. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh oh you're dead. You're dog meat, pal. Let's <laughs> also notice this time he does a lot of. Um, like weird, he chose a lot of Mexican into his speech for no reason. Other than bad hombres, yeah, or like some, you know some other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that line today, just like watching that when he brings Gorman to when he brings Gorman to meet Ripley, it's mm-hmm. like these Marines, like you know, there's some bad hombres. Some bad hombres. So it's like it's like what? <laughs> <laughs> he's a space racist as well as everything else. Uh he's uh he's clearly um a, a MAGA hat motherfucker. Yeah. Make Gateway America again. Yeah. <sighs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. This has been Perfect fun. sequel. This <laughs> Perfect has been sequel. fun. Perfect sequel. Um, I don't know if you did. We did a live tweet of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because well, as, as long as this goes on, I'm just going to see if we can get content out of old movies. So, you know, we could do uh, Gremlins. We should do Poltergeist next and Gremlins if we can. Uh, someone was talking about doing a live tweet of Robocop. I don't think I've seen Robocop in a while. It would be worth watching that again. Okay. I'm not particularly interested in live tweeting because by, mm, by the no, time... No, but a podcast. I mean, I'm trying to double up on content. <laughs> okay, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm cool to do Poltergeist or Gremlins. Yeah. 
<laughs> why did we ask people to vote? It's like, we're gonna, <laughs> well, we're gonna do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna. Well, you which guys, one do you want us you to guys, do first? You guys didn't vote for the one that we wanted. <laughs> so we're like, gonna. So we're gonna do it anyway. I think we were pretty fine with all three. Thanks very much. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> this deal is getting better all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you if you like this podcast and you found it the first time, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere else. We're at McGettin Fries. You can find us on Twitter at McGettin Fries, where you can send us details as well. And you can email us at podcast at com. Yep, that's right. That's right. Um, I don't even know if we're still sponsored by Green Room 136, but you can go there and <laughs> click on the link on our website anyway. Maybe we'll get a kickback. Yeah. I think we have, a pizza's, we have a pizza's worth of payment waiting for us for the, since the last time we podcast, which was how long ago? Uh, it was quite some time ago. But you know what? Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I, I like pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had one last night. It was pretty good. Friday nights is, uh, is takeout night. Oh, is it? Friday night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're getting takeout tomorrow night. Yeah, time to order some delicious cornbread. Oh, that's one thing. I, again, the the best movies are the ones where you notice stuff all the time. Did you notice in the canteen scene? There's like those doohickey magnetic spinny things on the desk, like executive desk toys. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't notice that before. Like why are they there? <laughs> you know those ones that are like a solar system and they just knock back and forth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was just like, huh. Someone on the set design team was sleeping on the job. <laughs> I'm a Art of Farming always gets fucked. <laughs> Art and audio. <laughs> well, seeing as Jim Cameron didn't seem to do most of it by himself, he just, yeah. He, yeah. Did it, he, he fucked the department over. Yeah, hopefully, they guess they got paid. But yeah, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening.